record. Recording in progress. <laughs> Are we simulcasting? Welcome to Highway Diary. I'm your host, Eric Hollerbach. I mean, this could be also <laughs> appearing on What the Heck with Richard Dweck. Yeah. Highway Diary, episode 322. What episode of What the Heck with Richard Dweck is this going to be, Richard Dweck? Uh, I think 70. That's a sweet number. You you yeah. appeared on episode 270 when we went to the strip club together. You remember that? Yeah, yeah, that was, that was really fun. You know, it's funny, I didn't really get many jokes from that because it was a good time, you know. <laughs> like, well, that was my thing, I was like, I was like, it was all smiles. So, like, usually my jokes come from, you know, oh, shit, the universe is against me, and what was me, and, <laughs> like, yeah, but it was fun, it was a good time. We'll talk and, about uh, that, I have some audio clips prepared from that excursion, so we'll play them at the end for funny times. Um, okay. you, you came to visit me in Austin, Texas this past summer, and we had a great time together. Um, very fun, but there's been a yeah. development, you know, since you came and saw how, how I live in a two-bedroom little apartment, you, you right. snuggled back all the way to New Jersey, and then you said, huh, maybe I can have some freedom around in my life. Maybe I could move in with a comic in New Jersey. How's your room? You're 28. You never l moved out your parents' house. You just did. How's it going? Are, do you got a chore chart? Do you got a bill split? Do you, do you eat his food? How are you guys getting along? No, we, we're getting along really well. We have, uh, you know, our, our stuff is pretty separated, like, food-wise, which is great. It's, you know, that's really good. Like, he gave me a lot of room for stuff, and that's really good. And, uh, we just, you know, um, you know how I am with my family and money-wise. So he's super happy with that whole setup and the, you know, that I can pay the rent on time because I can just use my uh, my trust fund that I have. So, so that's handy. So it's like, yeah, so it's like that. And, you know, I just have to, you know, use the rest of what I have just for, you know, stuff that I do and, uh, you know, food and stuff. So it's like. It's good, but um, yeah. So I got a. The only thing is, I have to clean my room today later, so it's just like <laughs> that got really messy. <laughs> I was just like, oh, uh, yeah, your mom's not sweeping through, you know, with the vacuum every now and then. That's all on you, you know. Now, yeah, now so every the first of the month with my roommate, you know, it, to varying degrees of success, I write on our whiteboard four chores: vacuum, sweep. Ba clean bathroom, clean kitchen. I we don't care about each other's room. I don't care about his room, even though it's disgusting. But right. I just care about the common spaces. So, do you guys right. have chores? Um, he says we do, but he hasn't made me do anything yet. So, like, you know, if he wants me to sweep a vacuum, I can probably do it. I'm not great at vacuuming, but I can, you know, I can do it. But um, and you know, I try and keep the common area clean. You know, when I moved in, it was. It was not dirty when I moved in. It was like lived in by a dude. Like that's what it, that's what it was. It was like yeah. It's like the same way like I would keep place like I guess. So you know the bathroom is good, and you know I just try and keep that you know as clean as I can and not really like mess with it too much and just you know that's where I'm most careful. And then uh, yeah, so we're keeping. The common area is pretty clean. 
know. Yeah, so like, VJ's his previous roommate, um, they weren't getting along and did did your roommate so do any roommate, street justice to like get back at him? Yeah. Yeah. What he did basically what his roommate did was a bunch of stuff. His roommate uh would um leave left everything on all the time. So like the uh the bells would go up for um and he stopped paying for everything, of course. So, like, he would not pay the intrusity, and then he would keep the lights on all the time. <laughs> and then he wrote, like, he, like, wrote a bunch of stuff, like, bad on the wall, really small, and just, like, really petty stuff. Like, he was, like, he was 20, but the, but he was, like, 30. So, like, uh... He's like writing messages on the wall for the roommate, and like really small in a bitch way, like just like BJ's a dick and stuff, and like uh, so what BJ did, and this is like very American pious, was BJ just uh, in his uh, took a condom after having sex with this girl, and just in his and put it the jizz in his uh, shampoo, in his toothpaste, and he kids. So it was like, wow. oh, <laughs> yeah. That must have so, been an attractive girl for him to have, to, for him to split his jizz three ways. Yeah. <laughs> must have yeah. been a real hottie, and then he's like, has this water balloon full and just pours it, like, in strategic <laughs> yeah, areas. Every, everywhere, so yeah. So it's just like, yeah, and it's just like, oh, that's funny. And uh, he still works with the guys, so that's really tough. But, uh, oh, and he also, uh, he also uh, catfished him. On, uh, on, um, what was it? Uh, not Tinder. Well, maybe it was Tinder. I think it was Tinder or one of those. Dating. Oh, he set up a profile of a well, hot like he girl. Set up a profile of a girl and found him on. <laughs> set him off on a wild goose chase. Yeah. Hey, if you need, if you want this hot puss, you know, you got to go to Bethlehem, Pennsylvania. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm actually in Delaware tomorrow. Okay. Right. Just driving around, you know, looking, yeah, look, chasing funny. a ghost. Yeah. With jizz in his toothpaste. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. It can get brutal. I mean, you saw me and my roommate button heads a little bit, and that's not getting any better. Yeah. It's the fifth. He, he, yeah. he messaged me uh, when you were away, when you went on your trip. And uh, he's like, where's Eric? And I was like, shit, you fall I didn't say this, but I was like, you probably fell asleep all day. And, like, you left. And you probably told him. Like, did you tell him that you were going? Because he said that you didn't, that you didn't tell him. What does he need me for? He has a key right. to the house. What, I went, right. I, I went to Louisiana. I had all, and, and by the way, you know, if anyone wants to know where I'm at, it's pretty easy to find me as if you go to ericcollerbach.com and click calendar. That's a right. pretty good clue of where I'm at. And he did, yeah. he also messaged me like day one. He's like, you know, where are you? And it's like, I don't have to tell you where I'm going. I paid the rent and I split. Figure it out. Right. I don't know. What, do, what does he need me to do? Wipe his bum right. bum? You know, I, I just don't understand. And, right. and if it's from concern, check my website before you start calling my friends. But anyway, I just turned 36, you know, I'm an old man, and I had all these gigs that were lined up in Louisiana, um, but what happened was when I was driving out there, I, I got a hotel in Vinton, Louisiana, so that, just to break up the driving, so like I drove like four and a half hours the first night, because I knew I had gigs on Monday, 
And as I was going into Houston, I was following this 18-wheeler, and its back left tire exploded. The the 18-wheeler starts, you know, like on a skateboard, it's called speed wobbles. When something's going fast and then the, the you know, unit starts wobbling. So the truck starts wobbling in front of me, but it blew out the tire, and then one of the wheels shot the tire in the front of my car, and I just got a new car. Uh, the Prius died, so now I have a Corolla. And... Uh, it like hit the Toyota logo and pushed it in, and so I have like you know so I lo- lost money because I have to now go through insurance and I put a deposit right. and just all this shit, and it's like you know I got I got my own stuff going on okay I don't need right. a babysitter to ask my friends right. like what where I'm at or whatever I don't know but anyway I was a little yeah. annoyed because my uh, the couch you know when you stayed with me I was very serious like this is my address. This is where you're at. Don't worry. We have this schedule, right? Like when you came over. Right. Yeah. And I had a friend um, whose couch I was going to stay on, and then he kind of forgot. We, we met face-to-face in Austin, and he goes, yeah, when you come through, you know, you stay with me. And I said, yeah, when you stay, come through Austin, stay with me. Kind of a couch exchange. Well, not only did Gasa Gasa get canceled, that was my Monday show, but then the couch I was going to stay on fell through. So then it's like, instead of showing up Monday, I would have showed up Tuesday, but then Silk Road got canceled. So then, but I I ended up going to another bar. So basically I had six shows. Where'd you you go? Where'd you go again? There's a place called Another Bar on Ferret Street. So, basically, I had six shows I was ready to do, and, like, basically, I did four. But, uh... I meant, where did you travel to? New uh, Orleans, and then La- and then Lafayette. So, I headlined the okay. Verst Beer Garden Thursday, the 28th of October. So, that was my last show. So, then I stayed with my friend Jesse LaSala, and then I uh, drove home the next day, but... Yeah, I'm still, now I have an appointment on the 18th to fix my car. You know, it's just, being a responsible adult is uh, pretty tough. But I, okay, so, I want to talk about this. So, as I walk off, you know, I lost money uh, doing the tour. I'm not afraid to say that. But finally, Lafayette Beer Garden, I don't know, they hand me a wad of cash. It was a decent amount of cash. I don't know, under 100, but, you know, more than 50, something like that. So I have this, I'm like, finally, I got paid. At least I have gas money for the ride home. And immediately, the cash is in my hand for three seconds. And someone comes up, touches my shoulder. Oh, wow, you're, you're so funny. And that's right. my, that's, you know, that'll make my dick hard right away. Like, I, I don't want to get me tooed. I called my dad the other day. I go, I'm waiting for a girl after I walk off stage to go, oh my God, you're so funny. I can't find my friends. Do you want to hang out? That's what I wait for. This girl comes up and starts touching my Oh my God. Wow, you have muscles. Oh, you're so funny. Do you want to hang out with me at like Mikel's? And I was like, what's Mikel's? She's like, well, I work there. So I, I was like, oh, you want to get drinks at a bar? Okay, that kind of sounds like, you know, a little date. And then who knows where the night will take us. Maybe she'll come back with me, you know, whatever. And then she's like, well, it's, um, it's a gentleman's club. And I was like, what? And so, like, as I got off stage, a stripper saw the cash go in my pocket. And she's like, I want that. Bring him to the strip right. club. And you know what I mean? Yeah. Unbelievable. Well, that's smart. <laughs> that's funny. Me, I'm like, 
I'm like, oh, that's smart. <laughs> Playing with my emotion. Don't play with my emotions. You know, I just, I just killed for 22 minutes. I'm right. feeling myself. You know. Yeah. Why, why, why is it impossible for a girl to just be like, you know, actually interested in me? You know, why is that right. impossible? So, you know, I, I was like, get away from me, devil woman. I got mad. <laughs> Don't play with my emotions like that. Yeah. Yeah. So I saw you did, um, you know, I'm not like a huge conspiracy guy, so like I don't really know the ins and outs, but I saw that you did like a tinfoil, a show called The Tinfoil Hat. Yes. How, how was that? You, you played your character, uh, oh, I had it written down, was, um, what's the character? Okay, mm -hmm. first of all, I am not Klaus Schwab Jr. First of all, Klaus Schwab Jr. is an awful, awful German banker oligarch who I don't co-sign anything he says. You know, right. I don't like him. Um, but I met him. I was a German exchange student when I was in high school. And I met this, this shitty, out-of-touch oligarch banker. And, you know, so let's just do a little history. So... My home club, which you performed at, the Romo Room. That's my home club. Yeah. I'm there all the time, right? Yeah. Um, I even, you know, pulled some strings. And when you were in town, I got Richard Dweck right in the Romo Room, right? So right. I was using my insider connections when a comic called Sam Tripoli came through the Romo Room. And I tried to get, you know, myself, Eric Hollerbach, onto the show with my insider connections. I was rejected. Klaus Schwab Jr. walks right into the green room in a spacesuit, asking people for adrenochrome, you know, asking for, you know, to do Illuminati rituals with them. And he does all four shows. And he made me right. watch him do it. It's like I was jealous sitting in the wings. But he's like, right. um, you know, hello, I'm Klaus Schwab Jr., everyone's favorite Ola Jock, you know, and he does all four shows. So then right. Sam Tripoli and Eddie Bravo were in Dallas, and I drove Klaus Schwab Jr. up there, and then he ends up performing there, and then he got invited to Oklahoma City, and after the Oklahoma City show, then he was invited to Vegas, or maybe invited himself. Right. It's hard to tell, you know. But uh, he closed out the 500th episode of Tinfoil Hat. He's like on the... So there were two shows. There was a 7 and a 9.30. So in Vegas, right. he, cl he, did, he closed the 500th episode of Tim Foil Hat. And then the stand-up show, he um, performed. He had a stand-up set. So. Right. Yeah, that's, that's really cool. Did you yeah, see I that? I saw the video. I, yeah, you saw that. I, I saw the video of you doing the Schwab guy, and I just thought it was, you know, I thought it was really funny. <laughs> I... I love I love certain parts of that. I was like, oh, that's really really good. And I always envy you because I can't do voices and stuff. And you have a couple characters that you do. You do him. You do uh, Southern Belle. Oh, are you talking about Mindy? Mindy, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Who? Yeah, she's always Could you like. Do a yeah, Mindy. Mindy's always kind of um, trying to find her husband, um, who's who's gallivanting around Amarillo, and Grayson. Uh, Grayson, he's my husband, but he drinks. He goes crazy. I don't know. Last time he flipped his truck, he just flipped it in a right in a ditch. But he's crafty, so he pulled a dildo on a string out the glove compartment. 
tied that hitch, put that sucker in his behind, and he just run a Bronco up the hill. At the top of the hill, I hear, and I thought would pop tire, but that was just him removing the hitch from his anus. Hey, he always he goes to work. He works hard. God bless him, Grayson. Grayson's my husband, and he works hard. I don't know exactly what he's up to. He says. He works under a bridge collecting tolls from every farmer with a boner. I don't know what that means. I don't know. I have to. He always ends up in jail. He's in jail three times a week. I just think the police chief is getting some kind of favor from him. I don't understand. Last time he was in jail, he said he was out in... 40 minutes and then the city built us a gazebo. I don't know what what kind of blackmail he has on the mayor, but um, Grayson, he's my husband. He's got an abundance of foreskin. He has an above average amount of foreskin. That's what the doctor said. It would take more than one surgery to remove it all. It's sort of a, a jellyfish covered in a sea cucumber. It's it's very elaborate. It it has different colors when it when it's erect. It's almost like a, a, a Spanish fly with extra wings. It's I, I I can't even describe it. Grayson, he's my husband. Hey, he he looks better in high pants than I do. You know. So anyway, that's Mindy. So yeah, that's it. That's Mindy. And uh, also, I forget, I don't know if I asked you this the last couple of times. I gotta remember to uh, put this on the. The uh, advertisement is that you're a screenwriter. Yes. And uh, you know you you have all these like things that you graduated from, and you know you're very you know it's very cool just to see. I just wanted to know like I saw the names of a couple of them. Like, uh, what is what is what you're working on now? Um. Yeah. So now I'm mostly working on stand up because um. Right. You know. August of 2020, I put my three specials out, Conspiracies and Dick Jokes, Fart Porn and Beer Halls, and It's a Medical Device. And right. so, I, you know, when I first moved to Austin, it's been, you know, I started with no jokes to the level where I even think I did myself a disservice because I was bombing when I first moved here in February and March because I didn't have any jokes. Um, and so, because I'm starting over from scratch. You know, right. Klaus was a good way for me to write jokes in a different conduit like oh what if I was just a banker and he had everything given to him and he was in the Illuminati so that was like a character that I could write jokes within so it didn't feel right. like working as in the same way but I just wanted to kind of shake it up um, but that's also why I went to New Orleans because I, I left with 12 minutes and um, I at the end of the tour, I was doing 22 at the Verse Beer Garden, um, and I only used two jokes from my old special um, out of 22 minutes. So I probably have like 18 minutes of new jokes for me. But yeah, if you go to ericallerbach.com and you click the screenwriting tab, I got my master in screenwriting. I've written six scripts. Um, if someone called me and was interested in one of the scripts, I would go back through it and, you know, with a fine-tuned comb and, you know, fix all the punctuation errors if there are any. Or, um, right. But one script I'm really proud of is called The Bonesman of the NSA. It's all about how the National Security Agency just gathers blackmail on senators 
So, like, the purpose of the NSA is to get dick pic blackmail on senators. So that's why it functions, you know? And then there's one congressman who breaks through the system because his name was Richard Wiener, Dick Wiener. So every time right. Dick Wiener got his dick on Google Images, his ratings went up. Like, they couldn't get him, they couldn't get rid of him. Right. Because of the Google keywords, Dick Wiener, sexist dick pic. I mean, it broke the algorithm. So then he became president. So, like, I right. have all these screenplays that I wrote, and I spent, like, you know, 18 months on each one that you can look on on my website. But I just have little blurbs. Um, one other screenplay is called uh, Mom's Photoshoot. It's a kind of a true story about my sister's wedding where my mom kind of turned it into a photo shoot for herself because she she's a little... Um, right. So that was just, like, a family <laughs> rom-com type of thing, you know. Right. But, uh... Yeah, I, I like screenwriting, and I think uh, I used, yeah. that used to be my thing that I was gonna do before I found out like that I wanted to do stand up. That was like what I was going for to do was screenwriting, and uh, I took a class and uh, in college, and uh, you know I uh, only really worked on one, and uh, it was about this like super genius nerdy kid who was failing gym class. So he had to like, so his to to get his grade good, he had to do like this obstacle course. You ever see that show like American Ninja Warrior, like that yeah. type of thing? So he had to do like that type of thing, and like the whole thing is like he has to prepare for it, and he finds a mentor in like his bully's brother, who's like a cool guy who like helps him do it, like learn how to do it and coach him, and uh, it's a. Uh, and I worked on it a little bit, but uh, I never got to finish writing it. But it was really cool to end up doing that and be like, figure it out a little bit. Yeah, and so also I did improv with the Upright Citizens Brigade all through undergrad. Right. And I got my degree in creative writing. And then I worked on reality shows in L.A. And um, then I right. kind of got yeah. sick of that. So I went to New Orleans to just work on screenwriting and I just w it ended up being where I would just get student loan money to do comedy with black people every night and um, right. but I think that my improv training really helped me with screenwriting because you know like if you're able to have characters in your head like Mindy or Klaus Schwab Jr. Yeah. Um, then when you're writing a script it's this is not what I would say this is what this character would say so you really have to like right. mentally go no, no, if I was from Nashville, Tennessee, and I was talking to someone from Jamaica, and they were the drug dealer, and I was, you know what I mean? It's like, right. whatever scenario, it's like you, you're trying to buy pot from the Jamaican, and this, you know, whatever, or like you're trying to, it, it doesn't matter the scenario. You have to lose yourself in it and just be the characters, a mind experiment to do the, and I've been to Jamaica before, and i People have offered to give me pot when I was, you know, so I've been in that scenario. So I'm like, I wonder what this guy was in his mind. Right. I wonder what I was would be doing or whatever. Right. What if I owned a yacht in Florida? You know, like whatever it is. What if I was right. a monkey from space trying to, trying to time travel and doing equations, you know? It doesn't matter what the scenario is. Um, that's right. why I love screenwriting because the blank page is just... Uh, endless possibilities so it's it's like a spiritual thing to screenwrite i love it right yeah that's really cool that you were able to do all that and uh you know it's 
what's really cool is just you being able to like just do all that and do your own stuff. And uh, you, I think I've asked this before, but like, what is what is the best part of like living in these different places? Like, hmm. do you have one that's your favorite? Yeah, so, like, I'm from New Jersey, as you know. You met my father yeah. in New Jersey. He still lives there. Yeah. And um, then I went to New York City for undergrad, and then I moved to Los Angeles in 2009, and then I moved right. to New Orleans in 2014, and then I moved back to L.A. in 2017, then I moved back to Jersey in 2018, and then I moved to Austin, Texas in February of 2021. And um, just, you know, when you're driving through Texas, that's where Mindy came from. When I was doing my uh, tour to film conspiracies and dick jokes, every gas station I went in, people were just like, well, how to do? I and they just had all this sass, you know? Right. Like, well, the milk crate is there, but I think it's expired. I told, Daryl, the milk's expired, goddammit. And just like, bing, bang, bing, bang, bang. So, like, when I would, like, just you know, go to gas stations and fill up or go to hotels or whatever, just this accent started coming at me and this right. um, southern hospitality. And everyone was right. really friendly, but they had, they like talked too much or they like revealed the secret of the place. Like, oh, well, if you want to stay in this hotel, good luck having a hot shower. Right. It's got to be cold as ice. Ice cubes, a snowman's got to be shooting at your face. And it's just like... <laughs> Wherever you go, there was almost like these magical beings, you know, these right. these shamans of southern hospitality. And so I'm right. very like mimetic, like when people talk to me in an interesting accent that I try, I like mime it back or just I can't right. get it out of my head. And yeah. then I was like driving for eight hours a clip do, on this stand up tour. And just right. well, just to pass the time, I started going, Grace, he's my husband, you know, because someone was called Grace in one of the gas stations. Right. And then I just came up with all these elaborate scams that he's getting into and it's just it's just fun. I just kind of absorb things and I uh that's where it comes from. I think also in in New Orleans, even when I just went back there, you know, I played Kermit's of Treme, which is like it was an all black room. That's just what it was. And right. I was doing my jokes but I had they, they have a different accent. And when I right. am there and I have two beers in me, I start to, uh, I'm in New Orleans, New Orleans. I like my accent changes slightly as, as means of being understood more efficiently. Right. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah, so. Um, Did you have any, I know that you uh, had some, like, drama there. Did you, ha did any of that come back up? Yes. When you were around there? Yes. There are, I imagine similar people at similar places. Yeah, Richard Dweck. Um, I was there when I was living there, you know, from Jersey. I'm standard issue Jersey white Italian trash. So I'm standard issue, though. And we have ways of busting each other's balls. Like, you know, well, I, I literally, when I was back in Jersey, for example, I called my buddy. I, I was, um, something happened. I didn't feel good about myself. I don't want to get into it. And right. I call Brian St. John for advice, and I go, Brian, uh, you know, this and this happened. Uh, what do you think of that, about this? And he goes, sounds like a bunch of faggots talking about some bullshit. And, like, that's how we talk to each other. That's my relationship with Brian St. John. It's just constant right. shit talking, right? 
So when I go on stage and I'm talking about Caitlyn Jenner's new pussy, like, you know, it's got that right. new pussy smell, virgin. Right. You know what I mean? When I'm just doing my crazy jokes, some of these, this group of like social justice warrior comics right, um, would like literally come up to me after the show and go, don't do that. That's transphobic. And it's like, shut the fuck up. You didn't get laughs. And then uh, now I realize that these people are townies that will never leave this city. They're jealous right. losers. They're on coke a lot. Right. They're on coke a lot, and they're bullies of of this sort of establishment. So, um, right. yes, I I ran into some of these people, but some of these people have moved on in different ways. But yeah, they were actively bullying me on Facebook. You could go back to like 2016 and like see all these hateful stuff. But they don't know that what I did was I screenshot everything and I put it in a book. And if you were bullying me back when I lived there, um, this will be exposed in print. It's an open and shut court case. This is what you said to me with this timestamp, you fuck. So it probably wasn't a good idea to do that to me. But I did seek guidance uh, from the high priest of the holy temple of the haha. I literally wrote Tom Rhodes an email. And I go, I'm being bullied. I don't know what to do. And he right. just wrote this beautiful email back that literally changed the course of my living in New Orleans. He, he Having his voice in my ear saved me. Because he's like, look, there's 17 shows a week. You're banned from five. Do 12. Fuck them. And then that's right. what I did. And it was like, oh, oh, yeah. That is exactly what I should do. Because they're getting jealous that I'm getting stronger as a performer. And so, right. what what better revenge than do the twelve shows that they don't run? Fuck them. Yeah. <laughs> so that was just such. A, I needed to hear that at that time. Yeah. I needed to hear that uh, from him. What a great guy, Tom Rhodes. Is. Yeah. The thing with me now is so great is like, I'm getting really good with just like getting on stage and not letting like anyone like ruin it. Like. Uh, we had this guy in Delaware on our bar's routine that we go to all the time. And uh, he used to want to stand up a little bit. He's terrible. But uh, he's, like, 300 pounds. He wears, like, he has, like, long brown hair and he wears shorts all the time. <laughs> and uh, he uh, heckles a lot. So, and not in, like, a mean way. Just like he doesn't know. But I went up to him after the second time I was there. I drank a little bit, but I went up to him and I was like, don't heckle me dude and he listened to me but i was very mean i was like don't heckle me asshole <laughs> and uh the last time i was a couple months ago when i was at the nipson talk which is our new one that replaced the uh brighton bar uh there was a there was a mexican family there i don't know why i said mexican but there you know it was a dad and his two children one son was like 15 and one was like five and i threatened to give all of them a cleveland steamer so that was not a <laughs> because they were but that was heckling. So I was like, I'm gonna shit on your chest and your kid's chest and make you all watch. <laughs> I think you're yeah, you have your roommate in, in your ear who um, you know, dribbles condom juice all over his roommate's stuff <laughs> when they're yeah, having so an act. Yeah, yeah so, so you're just more in the bodily fluid revenge yeah, category we're now. We're just like being mean to people. So uh that's my main thing, is just you know, um, that's the hardest part now. The hardest part now with like COVID and all these new people doing comedy is like I haven't been on a show since uh, uh, Valentine's Day, so like February. 
And, uh, you know, I'm hoping to get a couple things soon. I think I will, because we're just going to so many places. You know, it's only a matter of time before we have a couple things. But he gets booked a lot, and he he writes, like, he's really, really good at that. And his stuff is just, oh, it's so good. He's working on, like, 40 minutes, which is great. And, uh, yeah, it's really cool. But uh, is but your roommate still doing stand-up? No. no. But let me let me answer another question from, from a conversation yeah. ago. Like, you were asking me about uh, different cultures, right? And right. I found that in Jersey, like, you just dealt with that heckler. You're very direct. You're going, listen, do not heckle me. This is right. a violation. If you, if you break this violation, now we're going to have a, an escalated issue. And right. I don't know if you would have fist fought that person, but... This is what's on the line. And I felt like the people that didn't like me in the South, uh, in, in New Orleans, were, were writing stuff on Facebook. I would go up to them in my jerseyness and go, what's with that? And this one kid, Andrew Polk, literally, um, when I was trying to confront him, hid behind a ping pong table. And I was like, what the fuck is going on right now? Like, he would not talk to me face to face. He hid behind a ping pong table one time and then performed the open mic and left like a like a ninja. But he's like has all this cocaine courage to fucking talk shit on me on Facebook all day and like tag my name in it and shit. So that was just like, dude, what is with this fucking cowardice loser, you know, who's, you know, whatever. So it was just that shit was hard to deal with culturally. Because if I had a problem with someone in Jersey, it's like, listen, you talk to my fucking girlfriend like that, I'm going to put your fucking head in the toilet. Do you understand? At right. least there's yeah. clarity. There's clarity You're there. there. Yeah. But when it's like someone's talking on you on Facebook, you see them and they run away from you. It's like, what the fuck right. is going on? You're, you're, you're putting shit on my Facebook wall where my fucking aunt can see it, but then right. you won't talk to me for three seconds? Yeah. And so it's just like, I just realized like, oh, I just got to get stronger. That's... They're, they're doing shit like that because they don't know... The devil doesn't know how to deal with someone who's just better than them. And that's right. really what was going on. And, yeah, that um, happens. Like, people just get really petty when they just don't have... Uh, when they don't have, uh, like, anything that they're doing. That's why I always try to stay away from. It's just like, you know... And most of me, like, I realized early on, is like, I'm... Like pretty short factor, so it's like I can't say certain. I I have to be careful about what I say because it's like I can get beat up. You know, right. someone's gonna throw me across the room if I say right. something. <laughs> you know? It's like I used to be very verbal, but it's like yeah, you can't do that. <laughs> but I, uh, I I'm going to boxing every day, so I feel like I'm in good shape, and I'm not gonna actively fight anybody. But I would defend myself. There was this right. uh, comic yeah. in Austin who's. Uh, and uh, he was, like, trying to slap my notebook out of my hand the other, I don't know, a month ago, before my tour, and he was like, you haven't headlined anywhere, you're 36, and you're a loser. It's like, I just played Vegas, what are you talking about? And this person's trying to slap my notebook out of my fucking hand, and it's just like... Right. But I was just kind of, like, sizing up a leg kick, and just I just left. Like, okay, if you're going to throw a punch, I'm going to throw a leg kick, but I'm just going to leave right now. Like, you know what I mean? So I'm just like, it's not worth it. You right. Know, to, to like but you also fight. did uh, 
He also did martial arts too. Yeah. Right. He did like mixed martial arts. Yeah. Not mixed martial yeah. arts. Uh, Muay Thai, which is a, Muay Thai. Right. right. A Thai, uh, kickboxing from Thailand. So I go to Ricky Lord's boxing gym. I just went, was there before this show. I do it every morning, and I just kick and elbow and knee the heavy bag every day. Just. Just for my own fitness, but it's functional fitness because if I really have to, like, my shins are very, like, well-conditioned. So I can, like, rip a leg kick to somebody if I'm really in trouble, you know what I mean? I would never do that if I wasn't in immediate peril, but it's good to know. Right. Um, so it's good to use that wisely, that's good. Yeah, I mean, because I could, like, you know break someone's little tibia like you you know your shin bone has two bones and this one is very vulnerable your tibia fibia so like the yeah. maybe it's the fibia fibia is very vulnerable it's very easy to kick that from the outside but it's like then they you know what i mean then they have all these medical bills and whatever but you know right. you know what i mean I, I don't know i'm not like no tough guy i'm just saying i just go kickboxing in the mornings get a good sweat and it gets my right. mind right you know it gets me um i don't know right yeah, that's really, really, that's really cool to me. I just, I think that whole thing. So, have you, what have the shows been like that you've been doing? Like, are, are they good? Like, are crowds good and your material going okay? Um, I really needed that refresh. I felt like in Austin, a lot of the comics kind of were catching on to my dance moves. They were catching on to my material, you know? <laughs> For a long time, I only had like 10 minutes. I would do the same jokes wherever I went, whatever, whatever. But uh, so going in New Orleans, I needed to like put my feet back on terra firma, you know, hang out with my old friends and um, and uh, do my jokes uh, and do them for, for a crowd that hasn't seen them anymore. So now I feel very refreshed about my own performance. But yeah, there's a great comedy community here in Austin. I, right. I'm very happy I moved here. Now I miss people like you. I miss Brian St. John and Tito Cartagena and Tyler Langlois right. and Danny Braff and all these people that and Franco Danger. Like I had a lot of great friends. Waldo Maldonado. Like I had a lot of great friends in Jersey that I miss very deeply. But having yeah. said that, for me now, I just like the politics here a little bit more. Like I wasn't sure. Like, when I first moved here, I wasn't sure if, you know, people in Texas would like me because I'm a Yankee. I'm a Yankee doodle dandy. But then I go to HEB grocery store and, like, five girls walk by in booty shorts. And I was like, you know what? I think I'll be able to figure out this environment. You know what I mean? So I like that the girls wear little Daisy Duke booty shorts and not, you know. So I'm a big fan. Right. right. Have you met a lot of girls? There? Uh, you know, I'm such a dumb pervert. I have on my schedule, like, go, I'm going to try to borrow my neighbor's puppy dog and go to the Mueller Park Farmer's Market on Sunday. I literally wrote that on my calendar. Sunday, the 7th of November, I'm going to go to the Mueller Park Farmer's Market with my neighbor's puppy and then, like, have it go off leash and be like, oh, my right. God, and then be like, hey, go go talk to that girl for me, you know? And then the dog will, like, run, you know what I mean, be loose. And I'll be like, oh, my God, I can't believe she got off leash. Oh, my God, thank you so much for saving my puppy. You know what I mean? And then I'll leash right. it up and try to chat that girl up. And if she's like, I have a boyfriend, you're gross. Then I'll, like, just take the dog off the leash again. Have it, oh, my God, I can't believe my dog fell off the, oh, how is this possible? Oh, hey, beautiful lady. So that's my strategy, so. <laughs> right. That's great. That's uh, really, really cool that you're able to do that. Uh, 
So do you have like certain girls that you know that you meet up with when you go to these different places? Like when you go to um, New Orleans and stuff? Do I have side piece girls in New Orleans? Yeah. Or is that what you're like asking you, me? Yeah. No, I had two... Uh, mm, hmm, what do I want to say about this? Yeah, so when I lived there for three years, I had one girlfriend for like nine months, and then I had another girlfriend for four months after that one broke up or whatever. And uh, both mm -hmm. of them, uh, you know, cheated. And uh, when we were like boyfriend-girlfriend, both of them in a row cheated. And now one of them lives here and is like sending me emails. So it's you know, I'm like, right? Uh, <laughs> yeah, I don't know about that, but um, uh, <laughs> you know, this is kind of getting in personal life type of stuff. But right. I'm yeah. a single man right now, and uh, I'm like I say, w w I'm putting my hopes in the Mueller Park Farmers Market because there's some hotties that come through there. And uh, I'm right. just gonna show up like a lost puppy. I'll tell you, tell you another little secret that your your uncle Eric always pulls off scam on a girl. I pull scams on first dates. So uh, like I grew up with a trampoline in my backyard. So whenever I, I've done this like twice since I've lived here, and it always kind of works out where I'll take a girl on a first date. I'll be like, where do you want to go? Like how about you know I just heard about this new trampoline place that just opened up. And then I'll be like, I've never been on a trampoline before, but, you know, I wonder if I could, like, backflip. What do you think if you just, like, lean back, right? So then I'll just hit a backflip, and the girl will be like, oh, my God, you've never been here. And I, I'll be like, oh, you think I could just front flip? And then I'll just, like, back like I don't know what I'm doing and, like, 360 front flip and backflip. And they'll be like, oh, yeah, I've never done this before, but I guess I'm a natural at it. You know, you play love games right. sometimes. Oh, my God. How does that... You know? Love games. Right. Um, so Do I want... Can, can I talk... Okay, go on. One more yeah, question, yeah, and then can, I have yeah. an audio clip for you. Oh, sure, yeah. Yeah, we should probably do the audio clip now. <laughs> so, speaking of love games, I took you to a strip club. Yeah. Back in Jersey. And... Um, that was October, yeah. A year ago, huh? One year ago? Yeah. That's crazy. Wow. All right, well, I interviewed you right before we walked in. We're about to go to a strip club. I can't believe it. <laughs> I actually, like, for as many times as we talked about this, I still have that lingering thing in my mind. Like, Eric's pretty solid. I don't think he'd ever do this to me. But I do have, like, I don't know if it's OCD or whatever from way of intriguing. I was like, this could be a prank. I could be, you know, brought somewhere. Uh, Highway Diary episode 270, I highly recommend it. Um, yeah. But right before, you know, we pulled off in just like uh, a landscaping store that was like next door to Delilah's. Was that Perth Amboy? Delilah's yeah, Perth Amboy? So. Uh, so there was like this landscaping store just so I could like pull over in a thing and I just interviewed you real quick. Hey, you know. Yeah. And then I had all my camera equipment. And they said, nah, you can't take any of this in there. So, unfortunately, we didn't get any footage from no. it. But you really thought that I was going to scam you and say, hey, I'm going to bring you in and then not follow through? Right. But that's just PTSD from, you know, like, I guess high school and stuff and just, like, being bullied. I was just like, you know what, this could be, you know, a break. And also, you're a comic. So, like, you know, comics, like, 
you know, you can do something funny. So it's just like, oh, like, but I should have realized, like, Eric's a big old pervert. pervert. He knows how to do, he knows how to do this stuff. And to me, it was just like, now, now I have, like, an inkling to, like, I could never go to one by myself because that would be a really strange super ride for me if I get, like, the six-year-old woman <laughs> to drive me <laughs> and be like, this is where I'm going. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it's... Uh, uh, and, and, by the way, I'm a, per- I'm a pervert. You just said that. Uh, no, I'm a, I'm a well, southern know, and, gentleman. And I and I, seek, yeah. I seek ladies of the evening sometimes. It's very, right. like, it's very odd, uh, this whole entire thing. Because my parents were like, oh, you must have a bunch of jokes. It's like, no, comedy comes from bad experiences, mishaps. You go on adventures and bad things happen. For me, it was all smiles. <laughs> For me, it was, you know, probably one of the best nights of my life. And, uh, I-, I offered you the best night of your life, Richard Twick. Yeah, it was really, really good. It was great. We both dressed up, you know. We were wearing, you know, I had a, a suit shirt on, nice pants. I just kept saying, yeah. this is my business associate, Richard Twick. This is my business associate. We do business. We right. close deals, you know. Yeah. Yeah, they, the one woman that you got me was, that was a ton of stuff. That was really crazy. I wonder if I have a clip of that. The best, like, wingman ever. Because, like, I got four dances. Because three year old was awesome. And uh, the first one was the best. She was from Belarus, and uh, she was, she was like, great. <laughs> she let me do... So much shit. It was insane. Like, all the rest of the dances were very short, and, like, I was like, yeah, this sounds like the right time. This first one was the longest thing, and she let me do so much. Like, not only did I get to touch her, I got to suck on her tit. It was... was... (laughs) What a great day that was, man. Yeah. It was like, it was that like, a Sunday? We went, and then Monday was Brighton Bar. So we just walked yeah, right into Brighton Bar. Yeah, and I whispered was, to you, I go, don't do any fucking material. Talk about the strip club. Talk about the strip club, yeah. So I still think about that, and that was really, that was really fun. That was, uh, that was just the thing, like, uh, it was so great, but uh, that was, that was really cool. That was just, like, really cool that you did that, and, uh, let me go with you. Do you, what has, it's like a weird question, because I don't really talk about this stuff on the podcast, but which ones are better, like ones in New Orleans, or like strip clubs around Texas? <laughs> listen, Richard I would imagine Dwight, New Orleans, right? Listen, Richard Dwight, I don't think you know me, well, like, I'm very cheap. Right. And, you know, right. You know, Uncle Eric doesn't really have a trust fund. You know what I mean? So, right. no, so yeah. even that night, I said I worked for 12 hours. I took one hundred twenty dollars out the ATM. That was gone in 32 right. minutes. Like, that's what happened. Right. So um, I have been to a strip club with my friend Mohammed from Dubai in New Orleans. Mm-hmm. Um, but right. he would go so much. Now, he was super wealthy, like. His, right. his neighbor owns, like, two tigers. Like, you know what I mean? Right. People in Dubai spend money like they're Mike Tyson in 1984. So, like, they they okay. just, like, have tigers. My friend Mohammed from Dubai, his neighbor, right, has lions in the backyard. They had a Mexican housekeeper. She walks out the wrong door and goes, 
Ay Dios mío, el tigre runs away and the tiger jumped on her back and ate her throat and killed her, right? Jesus. The, the police of Dubai came by and were like, uh, here's a $20 fine. Keep this door locked. Case closed. Right. <laughs> like, what? It's just like a different country. So then he yeah. also put a... Uh, so anyway, strip, so I, I go, when I go to strip club, I roll deep, I make sure to have cash in my pocket, and, uh, but it's not something, I have not been to a strip club in Austin, you know, I, I have, I, I've been to maybe two in LA when I lived there for six years, right. one, one with you, one or two times in New Orleans, you know, I, it's not like I'm like, Oh, well, you know, oh, you're at, where are you going? Oh, uh, Stanford, Connecticut. Oh, yeah, hit, hit, triple X, big tits. Like, I don't know all the venues. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> so I saw that your mom uh, opened up a restaurant, right? <laughs> I was trolling. Okay, so oh, there's, uh, there's a uh, restaurant okay. yeah, in Florida. No, you're not stupid. Um, but if you look at the comments below, I revealed that because someone was like, is this real? Did she really do it? No, no. There's my mom lives in Florida now, and she by her house is a restaurant called Hollerbox. Um, so she went there and she took all these pictures of herself in front of the Hollerbox thing. And I go, look, everybody, my mom bought a restaurant. She didn't. Right. But, um, she did recently have a hysterectomy. Ah. So they they took her whole vagina out, you know, and um, right. they they demoed it to make room for new condos or something like they gentrified my mom's pussy but anyway um so <laughs> so i went to florida recently to go after her surgery i went down there to cook for her and all this stuff so um but yeah we have a good relationship me and my mom but uh you know yeah it was interesting to meet your dad because he was way different than I thought he was gonna be. Yeah, you just visually. You, I was like expecting like a Robert De Niro looking like type of dude. <laughs> I don't know. Like I was like, it was just like oh, but yeah. he was very cool to me when he talked to me. Like he was just he, he seemed to be very, and he seemed to be very complimentary and proud of you. Like that was really cool for me to hear. Like I don't know if he tells you how often, but like he probably should more, because like. He was just very like complimentary towards you. He said that you worked very hard and stuff. So, are you getting along better with him? Yeah, you know, me and him have got just you know he was kind of there was a time when I was living in Jersey where he was kind of maybe putting me on an occupational track that just wasn't suiting me, and we were right. bumping heads about that. But um, no, we have a great relationship now. I just think that. When we were living together, like, I just turned 36, right? And so when we were living together, I guess I was 33, 34. And like a grown-ass man with my own ideas about how to run the world. And so right. he had uh, his ideas about what he wanted for me. And um, we just have different um, plans for my future. But... I think he's settled in now to realize, like, look, I'll be broke, you know, but what I, I'm going to be happy because what I want to do is comedy, and so it doesn't right. always pay the bills, but I'm doing what I want. This it's not going to change, you know. Like, it, I, I'd be right. ha I'd be very happy to sell a screenplay and be a, a millionaire, and I've positioned myself to have a, a, 
a fraction of a chance to do that. So, but I'm right. going to be successful on my own terms. I guess that's what I'm saying. So we just kind of bumped heads a little bit, but um, we're actually going to Germany um, September 2022. So, uh, uh, you know, it's just uh, like you, you know, you just moved out of your parents' house and I'm sure yeah. you got, your mom's very nice. I met her uh, several times. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I'm sure you just wanted your own space. You wanted to like have a little independence. And yeah, it was pretty much like any cool thing. It was like yeah, and uh, it just got easier. And you know, I still see her a whole bunch, so it's it's good. She comes to our open mic that we do on Friday that BJ hosts every other week. So uh, you know, I get to see her every Friday night, and uh, you know, I I kind of was like, I it was hard for her, but like we sort of figured it out that like you know she wouldn't she she uh had some emptiness stuff like but it's like of course so it's like she came by a couple times too much and i was just like yeah i'm gonna see you on fridays <laughs> like, you know. yeah but it, yeah i and, schedule you know, I appointments i schedule appointments with people you know that's how right. i operate um so because i'm busy as hell you know right so yeah it's it's like a it's it's really cool, but you know I've been doing whatever I can do and just you know I just try to keep myself occupied during the day and like writing and doing a bunch of stuff and like looking for I've been looking for a lot of jobs and then like what happens is like they send you just spam emails all the time so it's just like it's just so annoying but uh like I just wait for basically the night time that we go out and uh we'll be like all these different places and you know vj's great but you know he works early so it's really tough like we go somewhere far and it's like i feel so bad for me has to wake up in a couple hours and uh we just do we're just going crazy so it's cool to go hard like that and go like oh we're going to these different places we, what we do is when we go to um delaware part 13 is we go to we drive 40 minutes to dance Caprios, and then he drives us the rest of the way. So we hang out with him, and that's always fun because he's very boisterous and uh, Caprios loud. Energy. Yeah, he's a yeah. loud boy. Loud, loud. <laughs> I love Dan so, Caprio. Yeah, it's like yeah. All, all these guys are great guys. I miss them. You know, do you go to Wilmington, Delaware? Is that where you go? I think so. I think that's where it is. Yeah. Oh, okay, I have some friends over there. Um, yeah. So, but yeah, I the, used to. I used to work 7 to 3 p.m., 7 a.m. to 3 p.m., and I would go home, shower, shit, nap, and then go to flappers or go to open mics when I lived in Los right. Angeles. So, like... I've never, I've never asked you, but, like, what do you do for, like, regular work? Yeah, I'm, uh, I help people. I think we talked about this. I help people with their screenwriting sometimes. I freelance right. doing that, but then I also Uber drive and then, uh, you know, I get paid to do stand-up every now and then. So, those are my three sources. Right. Like, like, um, like someone ha was writing a book or just finished a book and then I was like reading this book and then t trying to turn it into a screenplay. So, I take on projects like that, you know. Right. Yeah, that's um, really cool that you're able to do that. Uh, I gotta go because I gotta clean my room and make breakfast and stuff. But thank you so much for doing <laughs> this again. Thank you for reaching out. You know, I was like, yeah, because I had a free like I have a free uh, month pretty much of you know 
I only have two or three people that I'm booking this month, so I just uh, I actually got um, another headliner to do an episode. Her name is Mana. She has one name, uh, one stage name, and uh, she blew up on TikTok, and uh, she's just great. So, uh, and she's in Texas. I was hoping to see her uh, when I came and visited you, but I never got to Austin. But or it was really, uh, yeah, but uh, it was just really cool, and uh, so. Uh, you know, just trying to get more people, and I'm always meeting new comics and everything, so that's good. And uh, yeah, it's just cool. Like, I'm really glad that we're me and you are friends, and that we met each other. Me to too. I, I have one more clip from the strip club. <laughs> so yeah, this lady from Belarus. Yeah. Her Dweck said was between 20 and 30 was 41 years old. <laughs> <laughs> but she had. Big tits, right? So she comes out with these wobbly sloppers, and I'm like, bing, bang, bang, you know what I mean? It's like every anime girl that fucking Dweck jerks off to between 11 and 74 times a day. We've had some good times, Richard Dweck. It's a pleasure yeah. to be your friend. Yeah, that's great. Uh, We're just open yeah. with each other. We never lied to each other. It's just, you know, this no, is just we how just, we operate. Yeah, we're always good with each other. And, uh, yeah, thank you so much for inviting me the last time to, uh, come to Texas. I didn't get to ask this. You, have you invited anyone else to come stay with you? Yes, Have you yes. gotten Brian Singh? Uh, not from Jersey. You're the only one from Jersey. I have standing orders with everyone who I mentioned before, all my friends in Jersey. Uh, you know, they know if they want to come to Texas, they can reach out. I've put it out there. But I've had a lot of comics from, um, uh, New Orleans and Los Angeles have stayed on my couch. So since I've lived here for eight or nine months, we've had like 10 guests on our couch. So, well, right. like when you stay, you know, where you stayed on that air mattress or whatever, like that, that is constantly being turned over. So I think it's very good. Um, because when I offer my couch, uh, to someone from new Orleans, then I go to new Orleans and then I have a couch to sleep on. So that, that, underground comedy exchange program is very very uh useful to uh you know tour around and check out different scenes and every time you check out a different scene i think it you level up as a comedian so it's i think it's right. very important i think it's great that you guys are going to delaware and pennsylvania and different places so yeah it's fucking great so man. you have uh your podcast which is um highway diary with highway diary. Highway diary. it's right here and yep, right there. And uh, you have uh, conspiracy and dick jokes. You have three albums that are out on Spotify, and also you have specials of them that are on YouTube. And they're conspiracy theories and dick jokes. It's a medical device and uh, fart porn and beer. Fart halls. porn. <laughs> that always reminds me of. Uh, you ever see the South Park episode of where they lose, like, where they make it? Like the internet kind of illegal, so like everyone has to like, like if it thinks of Randy, like he ends up like having to jerk off and he uses the internet when he's not supposed to, <laughs> and then he's like looking up all this stuff that's like that, like from porn, and he's like he he comes on himself and he's like, oh, it was an ectoplasm. <laughs> so like it just reminds me of that, like the stuff, but yeah, you have those three the three specials and. It's, uh, and you know, you have on your website 
or HelloWorld.com that you have all your stuff, like all your dates and everything that you're doing. And you have some very, like, photogenic pictures of you on doing stand-up. So uh, it's really cool. So uh, thank you so much. Thanks, Richard Dweck. What the heck with Richard Dweck? Uh, Highway Diary with Eric Callback 322. Later. Right. Recording stopped. Nice. All right, brother. <laughs> Thanks for the podcast. I'll talk to you later, okay? All right. Okay. All right. Bye-bye. Bye.